so the first thing that I tell people that are thinking about transitioning is what are you passionate about? Because a lot of people, like you said, they'll work a nine to five for years, but that's not what they're passionate about. That's just kind of the way that life worked out. Do you often wonder whether there's more to life than your nine to five job? Do you dream about having a life that has no boundaries where you can decide what to do and where to do it? And does the thought of how to get that life maybe overwhelm you just a little bit? Then this is the podcast for you. Join me as I uncover how to get that freedom and live a life that needs no retirement plan. I'll be scouring the internet and chatting with people from all walks of life who are out there living life to the max instead of punching a time card. I'm Jackie Doucette, and this is Beyond Retirement. Welcome to another episode of Beyond Retirement. I'm really happy today to be joined by Joel Habaker. He's an award-winning teacher, author, speaker, and a frequent podcast guest. He loves helping young leaders overcome obstacles and grow through courage, confidence, and humility. By sharing personal stories of failure and success using humor and engagement, Joel teaches principles that audiences can help can apply as soon as they leave the event. Joel, thanks for joining me today. Yeah, thank you for having me on. I'm, uh, I'm always glad to be able to chat with people and, uh, and hopefully share a little bit of what I've learned during uh, the years of doing what I do. That's fabulous. Hopefully you're going to be able to give us some tips today that the listeners can take away right away. Absolutely. Um, that's the goal. Maybe, uh, maybe we can start with some travel tips in the notes uh, you gave me. <laughs> you mentioned that when you're not busy, you're longing to, uh, to take your dream vacation to visit Hobbiton <laughs> and the Shire. Um, big Lord of the Ring fans, Lord of the Rings fan, or are you maybe just looking to see New Zealand? Uh, a little bit of both. Um, my family is uh, pretty hobbitic in nature. Uh, we're not very big people. I stand at about five foot three. You can't tell on a podcast, but I'm, I'm not very, not much bigger than my high school students that I teach and much smaller than some of them. Uh, but I'm, I'm a, I've been a huge Tolkien fan for about 20 years. And uh, so I do, I would, I would love to travel there. I would love to see where the movies were made. Um, but I, uh, yeah, one of the things that I've enjoyed is being able to travel some uh, during my adult life, and uh, one of the things that I love to try to do is to take minimal amounts of uh, items with me when I go, um, so that I can uh, have more space to bring things back with me uh, when I, you know, when I come home. Uh, my daughter was uh, blessed just over a year ago. She got to sing in a concert at Carnegie Hall in New York City. Wow. Uh, she, yeah, she's a very. I'm, my older daughter is a very talented singer. She's been um, extremely blessed. Thankfully, she got her mom's voice. And she got her stepmom's ability, and uh, none of that came from me, and so that's good. Um, <laughs> but she, uh, yeah, she was selected to sing in a choir up there, and uh, she was in New York for a week with her mom. And then I flew up for a couple of days before the performance. I got to hear her sing. We did some sightseeing while we were there, and I, yeah, I was there for three or four days, and uh, I took one backpack, and that was it. And my daughter just rolled her eyes at me like, "Dad, you could have brought, you know, more." And I said, "No, no, this is, I'm, I'm good. I got everything I need. I brought one pair of shoes." you know, I brought two pair of pants. Like I'm good to go. You know, she just, she's a 15 year old girl, you know, she, <laughs> she packed her body weight in clothing. So. Yep. That's it. And that's, that's something in, in the podcast when I'm doing my solo episodes, I talk a lot about uh, getting rid of things and packing up mm-hmm. and starting to travel. <clears throat> and that the idea of doing it uh, as a minimalist is kind of the way to go. I think, you know, you don't want to drag too much around. Yeah, absolutely. Ironically in that three day trip, I think I took I think I took a book with me. 
I think I brought home three or four. Uh, because when I, when I went up there, the um, the uh, there was a giant Tolkien exhibit in one of the libraries uh, there in New York. It was it's a traveling exhibit that's been a couple of different places around the world. And so actually, when I got off the plane in New York, uh, I took an Uber, and before going to my hotel, I went to this Tolkien exhibit, and then hiked around New York City for a while before I ever actually went and checked in. Um, so yeah, I, I do. I'm a, I'm a huge Tolkien nut. My kids laugh at me about it because I talk about it all the time and rarely do I teach a history class without quoting something from Tolkien. Because um, <laughs> I, I feel like he has a lot of wisdom to share. And, uh, you know, on my social media recently, I've shared a lot of Tolkien quotes that I feel like are very applicable right now uh, in the midst of everything going on in the world. Uh, there's mm-hmm. a, a great quote where he says, you know, all we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to us. Right. And that's true, you know, whether we're going through a crisis or whether we're dealing with good things, like we still have the same amount of hours in each day and we get to choose what we do with it. And what we choose to do determines what we end up uh, having or what we end up enjoying or what we end up regretting. And uh, so that's one of those things that's uh, very near and dear to my heart is uh, is quotes from Tolkien and and how they shape my second half of my life. That's true. The, uh, one of the guests I just, uh, just interviewed, actually, he said, uh, similar idea. He said, Mm -hmm. it's time to um, take account of the time that you're spending before Mm -hmm. it tells you what it's doing. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you you find out what you're going to do or you find out what happened. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, One of my, one of the ladies that I uh, enjoy following on social media is named Neen James. I don't know if you've come across her or not. Yeah, Neen's wonderful, and she um, she wrote a book a couple of years ago about that very topic. It's called Attention Pays, and that's what it's about. It's about choosing how you spend your time because at this point, like our world is so distracted, um, if people will give you their time, that's the most valuable thing they have. So your podcast yeah. listeners or people that read my book or my students in a classroom, if they're willing to give me their time, I need to make sure that what I'm providing is worth it. Exactly. Uh, that's, yep, that's it exactly. So. Yeah, but that's that's her message in the book, and I really enjoyed that. So, um, yeah, I think I think you're exactly right. It's it's time to uh, time to make sure that we're doing what we need to with the time that we have instead of just wasting it. Yeah. So you're a teacher. Um, you teach high school. Do you teach mm-hmm. all subjects or just certain um, subjects? I've <laughs> I've taught everything um, over the course of my career. I've taught for 14 years, and at different times, I've taught English, science, math, history, Bible, PE, study skills, um, and I've taught every grade five through 12. The bulk of my teaching and my most recent teaching for the past seven years has been history and Bible at the high school level. And uh, I was a history major in college. I was very blessed to get to study at uh, a Christian university. And then I got to study at the University of Oxford in England for a semester, which is where I fell in love with Tolkien. And um, I just, I have a passion for it that uh, comes out in the classroom. Um, My daughters, again, they kind of roll their eyes at me because they, they accused me of giving them impromptu history lectures. (laughs) <laughs> they'll be doing just something and I'll say, did you know? And they just sort of stop and go, okay. Cause they know it's going to be a two or three minute. They didn't ask for it, but they're going to get it anyway. And I tell them, listen, one day when you're on jeopardy, you're going to thank me because you never know, you know, or you're going to be at trivia night at the local Buffalo wild wings or something. And you're going to go, yep. Oh, I know that. Why would you know that? Cause my dad, and that's the whole answer right there. Because yep, my dad, my dad, that's yep. right. So I do. I love history. I'm passionate about it your students probably enjoy your classes then because the love of it has to come out, like you say, and, and that makes it much more interesting. I know when I was taking history, I, 
I had a whole lot of trouble with it because I found it very dry, mm-hmm. you know, just a bunch of numbers and a bunch of that's dates. Right. And, yeah, a bunch of dates and dead guys, and that's not very yeah. fun to memorize. Um, no, it isn't. And uh, yeah, no, so I, I felt a lot the same way in middle and high school. I had, a, I had some history teachers that I enjoyed, but I didn't really enjoy anything in high school academically. It was just classes I had to take. I got to college and I had, um, I had three history professors that were brilliant storytellers. And that's what they did. They came in and they told a story every day and they wrote some notes on the chalkboard because I was in college long enough ago that it was actually a chalkboard still. And that, that was it. That was class every day. They would tell stories and write notes on the board and tell stories. And, and, and a couple of them too, they would leave the end of each class as a cliffhanger. And so you'd want to go read your next reading assignment so that you'd come in the next day and you'd have, you know, you'd have seen the commercial for what the next TV show was going to be at. Like, that's how I think about it. And so I try to teach that way as well. I I tell a lot of stories in my class. Sometimes we go down rabbit trails that end up being either a lot of fun or completely absurd, depending on which students you ask. Um, (laughs) I don't know if they enjoy my class. I know that I enjoy my classes and I think that's important too. Uh, But no, I do. I've gotten, um, I've had a lot of fun. I've been very blessed to enjoy the students that I've taught over the years. And um, I think that that passion, like you said, it does come out and it keeps the students engaged. And whether they like history itself or not, if they're enjoying the class, the history is getting in their brain. They're absorbing more of it than they realize. And, uh, and that's something that I try to do from the stage as well, whether I'm sharing leadership tips with high school kids or whether I'm sharing blended family tips with the church group or whatever it may be. Um, it's the same kind of thing where I'm, I'm passionate about those subjects. And so when I share those things, that passion comes out and, yeah. and it keeps the audience engaged. It keeps them interested. Um, and, you know, we have a lot of good questions, but the, the last class period I had um, recently uh, before our spring break was a group of uh, freshman high school kids. And we were talking about World War One, and we we're talking about trench warfare and the, how the technology of World War war one outpaced the tactics of world war one and so there was just death on a scale that nobody had ever seen before and from there we rabbit trailed down this you know this uh, girl raised her hand and said well why didn't they just try to go around the trenches and so i thought okay well apparently i haven't explained well enough just how long these trenches were and how far they stretched and so we talked about that and and then we talked about the no man's land in between and and they start asking, well, how did they eat if they were stuck in these trenches all the time? And so we talked about the soldier rotation. We talked about shell shock. And, and there were just these great questions that these students were coming up with because they were interested in yeah. the topic. And, uh, and again, it's, it's one of those things that brings me joy to think about because that meant that they, they, actually, they wanted to learn more about it. It wasn't just, okay, it started on this day and the treaty was signed on this day and ugh, nobody cares it was 100 years ago. Right. Yeah. And that's, I just, I love that. I enjoy seeing students get passionate or at least get interested in the subject matter that we're talking about. And that's, that's a lot of fun for me. That's awesome. So in this podcast, generally what I'm trying to do is mm-hmm. um, help show people that there's more to life than just doing a nine to five job and then retiring. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Lots of people look at as retirement as that, you know, golden light outside the window where they don't have to do anything anymore. But it, it, it really isn't because there's right. still another 30 years at least probably of right. your life. And you don't want to spend that sitting on the sofa. At least most people don't. Right. I think you Some get bored might. after a while. Exactly. That's right. So for you, you're, you're a coach. You, you talk mm-hmm. to a lot of different people. Um, how do you approach coaching someone who is thinking about making a change, you know, moving away from that kind of job, but they're, they're still wanting to do something and they're not really sure what they want to do. 
That's a great question. I actually had this conversation with my mom recently. She retired a couple of years ago and she recently moved down to uh, outside of Miami where my sister lives. And she was talking about how she just was kind of bored. You know, she reads a lot of books, which is great. Um, but we, what we did is we talked for a while to try to find things that she's still very passionate about. She was an RN. She was a nurse for, I don't know, 187 years or something. Um, don't tell her I said that. She probably, she doesn't do a lot of podcasting, so I'm, I'm pretty okay oh, making a joke about my mom. Um, she's really good to share the interviews I do. I don't know that she listens to all of them. If I do, sorry, mom, uh, if she listens to this one. But, uh, you know, she retired after being a nurse for a lot of years. And so one of the things that she's enjoyed doing, even though she's been retired now, is she enjoys volunteering at hospitals. She enjoyed volunteering on um, uh, the part of the hospital where the newborns are, you know, just rocking babies. Uh, she enjoyed volunteering at her local church and helping the homeless. Uh, before she moved to Miami, she was really involved in a church in Chattanooga, Tennessee, where she lived. And they had a great homeless ministry, whether it's providing food or clothing. Sometimes it was um, doing both at the same time outside of the church, but going to the homeless communities around the town. And um, so the first thing that I tell people that are thinking about transitioning is, what are you passionate about? Because a lot of people, like you said, they'll work a nine to five for years, but that's not what they're passionate about. That's just kind yeah. of the way that life worked out. And so the, so the great thing is, okay, now that you have a choice, now that you have even more of a choice than you did before, what do you want to do? What interests you? What, what gets you motivated? And find something at least tangentially related to that, right? So for me, a lot of it is Tolkien. You can, this is my Tolkien shelves area behind me. That's all <laughs> Tolkien stuff right there over in, you know. Um, it may be Tolkien. It may be sports. Uh, I, I played soccer and baseball and basketball growing up. I've coached soccer for years. Um, you know, if you're passionate about sports, find a way to be involved in youth sports, whether it's refereeing or coaching or volunteering. Um, you know, if you're passionate about uh, animals, go volunteer at the local animal shelter, that sort of thing. Uh, but the first thing that I, I encourage people to do is if you yeah, like if you could just choose how you spent all of your day, what would you want to do, right? Would you want to be around other people? Would you want to be around babies? I don't know why anybody would choose that, but there are people out there who like babies and little kids, and that's weird. You know, elementary teachers, God bless you, because oh my goodness, not enough money in the world for me to teach little kids. Um, you know, but what do you, what do you like? What do you love? What makes you excited? What do you want to chat with people about? And and start looking in that area for ways to volunteer. Uh, and, and because that way you're still finding fulfillment, you're still getting joy, and you're enjoying what you do uh, in a way that's helpful to other people. Great. That's, that's really important, I think, finding something that you enjoy. Because as you say, your nine to five for the last 30 or 35 years wasn't necessarily what you enjoy. It was just what paid right. the bills. Right. Yeah, I feel very blessed that every day I get to do things that I would, if I just had, you know, millions of dollars in the bank, I would still want to teach. I would still want to coach. I would still want to speak. I would still want to write. And I get to do these things already. And, uh, and I, so I do, I feel very blessed. For people that don't get to do that, you probably make a lot more money than me, and that's fine. Um, <laughs> you know, but, but if it's not a job, actually I had that conversation with one of my soccer players' parents last year. He's a lawyer, and he's a great lawyer. And he's like, yeah, I don't really enjoy it very much, but it pays the bills and it'll allow me to retire early and it allows me to provide for my family really well. And so that's good. And he does, you know, he does meaningful work, um, but it's not something that he's actually passionate about. He was actually trying to get me to leave teaching to go become a lawyer. And I thought, <laughs> yeah, you, you sold me on that entirely the wrong way. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I, yeah, I, I hate this job. Like, why don't you do it? <laughs> that's exactly, it pays really well, but I don't really like it. You should come do this with me. I'm fine. Thank you. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's funny. A lot of people, I've heard that a lot from various people. It's say, you know, why don't you try this? You know, it's something that I've been doing, but mm-hmm. you know, I'm really not enjoying it much. Right. Right, right. up your alley though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's I'm I'm not a salesman, but that I know that's probably not the best sales pitch ever. I've I've never really I've never really done sales, but I'm gonna assume that's probably not the way you want to go. <laughs> I don't like it very much, but you might. It's funny. I've I've tried that work that route with my kids, trying to get them to eat things in the past, and it just doesn't work. I was <laughs> That's not just thinking that exact same thing. That's exactly right. I don't like Brussels sprouts, yep. but you should really have some because you might enjoy them. So you uh, yeah. you're an author, and you wrote uh, your book is entitled Inverted Leadership: Lead Others by Better by Forgetting mm-hmm. About Yourself. Can you can you talk a little bit about what inverted leadership is? Absolutely. Um, Inverted leadership is the idea that leadership should ultimately be rooted in service rather than command. And it's the idea that um, the goal of leadership is to help other people become better versions of themselves. And it's more of an art than a science. There's no one size fits all leadership where you can just say, if you want to be a better leader, you need to do X and Y in every situation and it will always go better than it was. Well, that doesn't work. People are more complex than that. And so the book is about some leadership principles that, if you follow them, how they actually work out is going to change in different situations and for different people. But the principles are consistent regardless of the, the leadership um, position or, or the specific organization that you are leading. And, uh, and so it's all about putting other people first. Um, the, the type of leadership that I wrote about in the book, the philosophy is called confident humility. And the idea there is that um, you know what you're good at. That's the confident part but you use it to serve other people instead of yourself. That's the humility part. And so when you put those things together, it's this, again, it's this very powerful concept of using your gifts and your talents for the sake of other people. And when you do that, you're going to make a huge impact on the people around you because you're helping them out. And so they are becoming better. So it's not just about you getting what you want. It's about lots more people getting what they need. And so that's what the book is about. Again, there's, um, there's a number of, of, sort of history lessons in there because I used examples from history in a number of the chapters because that's what I do. Uh, One of my favorites is a comparison between uh, Queen Elizabeth I of England, uh, known as the Virgin Queen. Everybody's heard of her, though they didn't know it because that's who Virginia is named for, right? And then Napoleon Bonaparte. Um, I talk about Elizabeth as a great example of a successful leader. She, you know, she ruled England for the better part of uh, half a century. She survived like two dozen assassination attempts by um, Catholics and the Catholic Church because she was, you know, it was a lot during the time of religious upheaval of the late 16th century. Um, She laid the foundation for England to become a leading Protestant power in Europe, but most kids have never heard of her. She was successful, but her impact has gotten lost over the years, whereas Napoleon was completely unsuccessful. Like, how many people can you name that have been exiled twice? <laughs> that just doesn't happen. Normally, you get exiled once, that's the end. No, no, he was good enough, he got exiled twice, right? But every, everybody's heard of Napoleon, right? Everyone's heard of Napoleon Bonaparte. Your kid, Little kids are afraid of Napoleon, even though they didn't know it, because you're afraid of the boogeyman. Well, that is a, that's a play on one of Napoleon's nicknames given to him by the British. They called him Old Boney, and then it became Old Bogey, and then it became the Bogeyman. And they became the boogeyman. And so when kids are afraid of the boogeyman, they're afraid of a five foot five Corsican that lived 200 years ago. And they didn't even know that. Right. So Napoleon's impact, I would argue, was much bigger than Elizabeth's. But Elizabeth was more successful. And as a leader, you have to decide which are you going to focus on? Are you going to focus on being successful? Are you going to focus on making an impact? Either one is okay. 
It's really just a question of what you are choosing to do because which you choose to do shapes your decision making. And so you need to be clear as a leader, what is it that you are trying to do? Are you trying to be successful, however you define that, or are you trying to be impactful, however you choose to define that? And that will shape the decisions that you make as a leader. So that's a lot of what's wow. in there. I didn't know about uh, Napoleon and the boogeyman. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of history of trivia next time you're at a trivia night. There you go. That's it. I might just uh, use that on my family. <laughs> Absolutely. Because I'm definitely not the, uh, the history buff in our family. <laughs> Looking at, at the idea of leadership, either mm -hmm. um, making an impact or, or being successful, do you think that they're mutually exclusive? That's a really great question. That's something that the book explores a little bit. I don't think they are necessarily mutually exclusive. In fact, I argue in the book that if you focus on making an impact, you will ultimately be successful. Whereas if you focus on being successful, there's a good chance that you may reach it, but your impact might be more negative than it would have been. And I, I talk about that from the perspective of a soccer coach, which is what I've done a lot of. I used to coach high school girls soccer and we had a lot of success, but that was never my ultimate goal. My ultimate goal was to help turn my soccer players into better people. Because if they play soccer for me for anywhere from one to six years, and all I taught them was how to kick a ball better, I wasted a great opportunity to help them learn how to be a better person. Right. And so um, the, the phrase that I use in the book is uh, talking about building better relationships, because if you have better relationships, then you are more likely to be uh, impactful and therefore also successful. So it goes like this. If you take care of relationships, the results will take care of themselves. If my soccer players know that I care about them, they are willing to work hard and they're willing to listen to what I tell them. Well, I know that I know the game of soccer. I've been around the game of soccer for 34 years. So if they do what I tell them, we're going to win most of our games. But in order for them to do what I tell them, they have to trust me. And they have to know that I care about them more than I care about me. So if we build good relationships, we, we know we're going to win games. Whereas if I just focus on winning games, that may come at the expense of my relationships with those players. And that's a negative long-term impact that I don't want to have. So again, that's the, that's the argument that I make in the book is if you focus on success, you may get it but at what cost? Whereas if you focus on being impactful, the success will come. Okay. So that's, uh, that's definitely transfer transferable right into someone trying to become an entrepreneur after mm -hmm. having a, having a nine to five job where they've just been an employee for the last 30 years. If yep. they want to go out and be a raging success, maybe they will, maybe they won't, but they're probably not going to make the impact that they'd like to have on their life mm -hmm. or on, on the world mm -hmm. because they're not, they're not looking at it the proper way. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm actually in that same boat. I am, uh, you know, for the last three years I've been doing um, professional speaking and I've been doing writing and I've, I've started, you know, doing blended family coaching, those kinds of things. And uh, again, my goal is to, is to serve the audience, is to help the audience because if you leave with specific tips that can change your life today, that's great. If all I've done is entertain you with, fun history stories, but you didn't actually learn anything. Well, that's, that's not what you paid for, you know? So I need to make sure that what I'm providing for them is not about me trying to prove how smart I am or what obscure history stories I can bring up out of some old textbook. What, what I need to do is make sure that what you came for is what you're getting because it's not about me. It's about you. And if I do that, everybody's going to be better off. Great. So I think that whole little lesson there was a great tip that everybody needs to be you know, kind of thinking more about what's going to be their impact on the world as they move out 
because that's going to lead to their ultimate success mm -hmm. if they if they work on making an impact a positive impact maybe not right. a negative impact absolutely so you've got uh, a few different websites where people can find you yes um i'll make sure that all of them are in the show notes so that everybody can uh, can take a look at them but would you like to talk a little bit about what's on each of them so that people know what they can find yeah thank you um for for mentioning those the so the first one is um joelwhallbaker.com it's just my name that's my speaking website you can see demo videos you can see the um the different topics that i speak about that sort of thing uh, the second one is real life leading that's a lot of my leadership information. It's got blog posts and podcast interviews and videos and all sorts of resources there. And then the last one is stepdadding.com. That's a lot of my blended family information. Uh, and so uh, depending on what you're looking for, you know, uh, that sort of determines which of those places that you go to. And I'm hoping once I get a little bit more technologically savvy to have those things um, cross-linked to each other so you can bounce back and forth between them a little bit more easily. Um, being a history type person, technology is not my first language and so it's taking me a little bit longer than I had hoped to, uh, to get those things uh, in the shape that I want them to be and I love what they are but I want them to be better connected. So uh, yeah, but thank you for asking about those. They're, they, again, you'll find a lot of the same information on multiple of those three websites um, but yeah, that's kind of what they're, they're each focused on. Okay. And you mentioned that you've got a few different types of um, things. I don't like the thing <laughs> word products. So sure. if you've got uh, leadership books, you've got online courses and you've got coaching. Do you want to talk a little bit about each of those? Or? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So the, the leadership books, one is an ebook, the other is a paperback. And I'm actually hoping to get those where I can combine them and have them printed as two books in one paperback pretty soon. Uh, but those are both about leadership. One is called... Um, uh, extraordinary leadership, 10 things dad taught me without saying anything. And that's semi-biographical about the life of my dad. My dad was a, a U.S. Army colonel he, or a lieutenant colonel. He was in the uh, Rangers. He spent 18 months in Vietnam and won three bronze stars. And um, it's just an incredible man. He's my hero. And um, I wrote that book during and after he, like before he passed away and then finished it after he passed away. Uh, the other one we talked about earlier is inverted leadership. And again, I'm hoping to get those to where I can print them both together because that'd be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm currently putting together a course for blended families. Uh, it's based on a resource that I put together a couple years ago called the 10 Commandments for Blended Family Life. So I'm divorced and remarried. I've got two kids from my first marriage. I live in a small town, a mile and a half from my ex-wife. She's remarried and she and her second husband also have a little boy together. And so we have learned how to navigate these waters relatively well. And I say that um, not to make it sound like we're perfect, but because we've been through the rough waters already. That's how we learn to get to the better waters. And so I try to share a lot of the lessons to help people avoid some of the mistakes that we made. Um, I truly believe that any blended family can improve. So if your blended family is pretty good, excellent. Let's make it great. If your blended family is to where you can barely speak to your ex, that means you have even more room for improvement. Let's, let's work on that. Like, that's a good thing. Um, and so that's a course that I'm putting together. Uh, I also do coaching, you know, one-on-one -on -one or group sessions for blended families to where we can come together using things like Zoom or Skype or whatever and talk about how I can specifically help your blended family because every blended family is different. The one thing all blended families have in common is that they come from some sort of pain, whether it's the pain of loss of a loved one, like a spouse and a parent, or a divorce, or infidelity, or some combination, every blended family comes from pain. 
And so that's the starting point that we have to get past. That's the starting point we have to work from so that we can move forward. And uh, again, being part of a blended family, I'm, I'm very passionate about helping other ones, especially uh, blended families where the kids are starting to get older. Uh, that is, you know, young teenagers and teenagers when, when they're a lot younger, um, kids are, kids are pretty pliable, you know, um, it's not saying they can't be damaged, not saying they can't be hurt. Um, but it's, it's often harder on kids who are older because they have a better idea of what's going on. And so I really like, I like to try to help those families figure out how to navigate those waters, um, so that they can become more positive, more cooperative and, uh, and ultimately serve their, um, their family better by taking better care of themselves and their kids. Great. Sounds like you've got uh, a little bit of something for everybody, all the different, all the different levels. Yes, ma'am. And, and um, you're all over social media <laughs> using just your, your straight name, Joel W. Hawbaker. Yes, ma'am. Um, Twitter uh, is where I spend a decent amount of my time. Facebook, I'm on as well. LinkedIn, I'm on as well. And uh, I do. I like to. I like to share resources there. I like to uh, retweet or repost articles that I've come across that I enjoy. Some of them are leadership. Some of them are blended family. Some of them are Tolkien related. Um, you know, but uh, those are places that I like to to spend my time. I'd be I'd be uh, very glad to connect with some of your listeners on uh, my websites or my social media. That'd be great. I'd love to to chat with them and help out however I can. Super. So it looks like we're coming close to the end of our time. Um, I know you've given a, a lot of great information so far. If you could give the listeners just one thing that they might be able to go away and do if they were going to talk to their family about making a big change in their way of life mm -hmm. because they want to change the direction that things are going, what would you say to them? How would they, how would they start? That's a really good question. Um, I would I would say before you say anything to your family, I would really spend some time uh, thinking about it, praying about it, and make sure that if you're going to make a change, it's for the right reasons. And once you have that settled, then I would go talk with your family and let the let them see the passion that you have for the change that you want to make. Um, if you want to make a change just because you're fed up with where you are, that's okay. But what what's going to be better is if you want to make a change because you're passionate about where you want to be. Because now instead of just turning away from something, you're, you're going towards something and that's ultimately going to be much more powerful. Uh, and so that's, that's a, that's what I would tell people. Beautiful. Thank you. And that, that fits right in with the uh, making an impact. You're not just making a change for the sake of change. It's because you right. want to go somewhere. Right. Absolutely. Perfect. Perfect. Well, thank you very much, Joel. I've really enjoyed chatting with you today and I'm sure that, uh, all the listeners are going to be thrilled, even if they just learned about the boogeyman. <laughs> <laughs> Good. That'll be on the test after the episode. So awesome. Uh, yeah. <laughs> thank you for having me on. It's been a pleasure. I really enjoyed it. Um, and uh, again, let me know if I can do anything for you or your audience in the future. Thank you again. Fabulous. Thanks a lot. And that's our show for this week. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, please take a moment to go to iTunes and subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. While you're there, how about leaving a rating and a review? It only takes a minute, and it'll really help the show reach more listeners. And don't forget to share the show with someone you know who might get some benefit from it. See you next week. <laughs>